Today's anecdotal experience is sponsored by Hyundai's epic summer sales event. This summer's sales event is going to be lit. It's going to be on one. It's going to be so extra. I swear a Hyundai will save your life. You need this. I need this. Today's guest is Michael Holder. Michael has been on the podcast before. Listen to his old episodes. You know, I'm proud of every single episode I've ever done. But listen to Michael Holder's. Today we're talking about work anxiety, uh, whether it's you have a job and you're worried you're going to get fired, or maybe you have clients, maybe you're a freelancer, and you're going to lose your clients because they don't like your work. What's the worst that can happen? You starve because you don't have a job. That never happens. It never does. But why are we always so anxious? Yeah, this is fun. Michael's currently in the middle of a project that he's finding pretty overwhelming. He has to sacrifice parts of his life that he enjoys to get this done. Is it worth it? Well, yeah, yeah. Just understand any type of overwhelming situation you have, it will come to an end and life will resume. Or maybe it won't. Make sure that you have your life under control and you know when the hard times are going to get less hard. Man, this is crazy advice from a guy on drugs. Let's do this with Michael Holder. But so charge more money, man. Well, I mean that that's ultimately that's the plan, you know, to get to get to get so established that you can do that. Um but again being, you know, 2 3, you know, couple of years into it, three years into it. Yeah, I've never felt like I was in a, really in a position to, to start making those sorts of demands. So you're just sort yeah. of like, you know, taking whatever you can get uh, and doing whatever you can uh, to get established. And then I just swamped up. So hopefully we'll, you know, get through this good next month or two and then, um, Maybe start, you know, calling some shots and getting back into, uh, you know, a nice balance. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that, or are you recording on your side or to make sure? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Um, do you feel, because that's, I, I feel that too. I kind of like came around to the, um, to the notion of like, I'm valuable as a as a professional person because I always had that like mentality of like like you said like oh I can't ask for that or like I don't want to overstep but then I I I don't know and and to the point now where I feel like I might be a little big for my britches to be honest where I might have an inflated ego of my own competence as a professional you know yeah I you run into that you know, I I think with my experience, I mean, I you know, I I spent 18, 18 years, almost twenty years in in advertising as a um, you know as an art director and a writer uh, before I even got into video, and so a lot of the stuff I do, I mean, you know, everything that I do in video 
is pulling on that experience, and I know that. But th there's still times that I feel like I was a failed art director or a failed writer, you know, and then I turn to video and then, uh, and then, you know, and then you get into comedy and it's like this constant, am I really, you know, am I, am I really good enough or am I just sort of faking it? And, you know, and are people, are enough people laughing or enough people paying me for video that, that, you know, that I can feel good about myself or is it just not? See, I, I think you always, I think it's a creative personality. I mean, you always, I think you always kind of feel like a hack. I think if you get super confident and you think that you're the shit, then um, you're probably not. So, I mean, I, all, all the, all my favorite comics and all, you know, all, all the, my favorite creative friends that I know, um, it's never, you, you're never good enough. So I think we just got to accept that part of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I see that. I see what you mean. I don't, I'm trying to think, I don't really have that. I, I, I don't, I, I can, t I feel like I have a pretty good realization of who, what I can do, like what I'm good at and what I'm bad at. So I don't, I don't really have that um, kind of like wavering between the two where it's like, you know, I know a lot of people will have one day where they think they're, you know, king of the world and they'll have one day where they think they're the stupidest person. Um, I don't know. Fortunately for me, I really do think I'm pretty self-aware of what I suck at and what I'm good at and what I need to get better at, you know? Yeah. That's so good. Blessed. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a personality defect or, you know, ADD or OCD or any of the other acronyms, but, um, cause you're good, dude. You're, I mean, especially you're, I mean, you're better. This isn't a knock on your comedy, but you're, you're better at, you're even better at video than you are comedy. Like oh you're, for sure you're, yeah <laughs> I would your I would agree are, with that <laughs> I know I I'm I mean I'm a way better software developer than I am anything else yeah. um but yeah man like I've seen I've seen your like those videos I mean I remember there was a Future Science it's a Cincinnati sketch comedy group there was a sketch about uh, a shower gun, like having a, a shower gun. gun. Shower. Yeah. yeah, super funny. Yeah. And I remember watching it at the show and thinking that was amazing. Like that was so well shot. And I asked, uh, so I asked like Gasper, I was like, hey, what'd you guys shoot that on? That looked awesome. He's like, oh, Holder did it all. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So yeah, you, I mean, dude, I've seen, I don't know. Yeah, you're good, man. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, that was all obviously the concept. Uh, you know, it was all Chris Weir and and. Uh, but it's you know it. It's just it. It's like anything. I mean, there's like. So many so many moving parts, to uh, to video and. Uh, so you know, it's just been. I'm just at a point right now where. Um, also like, I think when you start doing good work and I'm sure this goes across the board with, with comedy as well, that, that 
you know, people, people will expect more of you. So, you know, it's kind of this, this, this curve and Mm. you just, you have to keep up with that. And, you know, I may have a client right now that, you know, I'm in a huge, huge project that, um, you know, they found out, found out about me from, from somebody else. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's a big project and, and it's going okay. But uh, the expectations are super high too. So that's what it is. It's the expectations. Like you said, when you do good work and you do better work, all of a sudden people's expectations keep growing and growing. And that pressure, I think that's, I think that's what it is. I think that's the, like that pressure is kills like really successful people. You know what I mean? Well, I'm sure it does. And and I'm sure like, you know, with comedy, any, can you imagine, I I can't, but I mean, can you imagine the pressure of, you know, of being a fledgling, you know, comic in LA and getting a TV deal and having, you know, then having to write weekly scripts or, you know, or, you know, be the DP on those shows or anything like that. I mean, the, the pressure is just exponential. Um, that's it. Yeah. And there's no way, there's no way to really stop it. I mean, if you, you can't, I mean, you, you can't stop being good at what you can't stop growing and being good at what you do. And it's really hard to say no. So you just sort of, you just got to take it and figure it out. Well, you gotta just fail. You gotta. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of that's interesting when you bring this up. But like, I've done so many things that I, you know, you'll receive a lot of praise or something, or even like if someone has someone thinks very highly of you. Even in that sense, like if like you know, like sometimes people like kind of have like crushes on you, like not even like romantic crushes, but they'll think really they'll be wow, you're the guy, man, this is so awesome, and just that feeling of. You know, let's just say video. Like someone's really impressed by your video and they're like, this is my guy, Michael Holder. He's the video guy. He is the king. And then that kind of gives you that pressure of like, oh, this guy, this guy worships me. This guy worships me. And I don't want him to like watch, see my next production and to say, oh, okay. That was, you know, that disappointment of not meeting the expectation. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't know how to, I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I don't feel like I have clients that worship me or anything like that. I mean, yeah. most of the time people see, people see a previous work and they want something like that. Right. And that, so that sort of happened for, for two, two and a half years. People just said, I, I want something just like that. And then I had an opportunity to do something more than that, and I took it on. Um, and you know, for whatever you know, inexperience on my part, or you know, whatever the reason is, I mean, it just now all of a sudden you're over your head, and 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 you just gotta figure it out. So, is that and is that the project you're currently on? Yeah, and this will take me through the end of July into into August. And then I have another one after that. That one I'm not I'm not worried about, but this one, you know, just uh 
it, you know, it was a, it, it was a, it was a new client. It was a big project and, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I go along. So there's, there's no, like, there's just no shortcuts. There's no way to, you know, video is just a, uh, you know, it's just like anything else. I mean, it's one of those things that you get into it and, I'm sure that there are kitchen remodelers that get halfway into the project and they're like, I can't, you know, I don't know how to do grand. Right. <laughs> but so. you just, I mean, but that's, I think that's what, uh, that's interesting. I think that's what like the challenge of, especially when you have someone counting on you, that's when you grow. I think, I mean, even like in my career, man, like that's what's, there have been, I've done the same thing. I've told people like, yeah, I'll do this for you. And with software, it's stuff, it's, it's, it's relying on your own ability to learn quickly and be resourceful. And, and that's, I mean, that's it, dude. Cause if you just keep saying, yeah, I'll do that. And you only say, yeah, I'll do that to things that you've done before. You don't grow as a person and or a professional. Well, that's, that, I, that's, that's a really good point, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, I mean, and, and it's super painful. Like, I, I can't yeah. even tell you how how um, how stressful and painful it is right now. And it's weird, too, because, I mean, I this all happened. I sold my house. I moved into a condo, and I was like, you know, I was trying to do all the things to make my life, to simplify my life. And create more room and more space for me to do what I'm good at. And then all of a sudden it was just like, it felt like it was like overnight and I'm, I'm all of a sudden I'm stressed. So, yeah, well, you're in the woods, man. You're, you, you can't see the trees through the forest. It's yeah, you'll, you'll do it. You'll something will get done. And it right. will be, it will be good. It will like, you will deliver. Like if that's, well, if you're, you know, it may not be what you exactly wanted, might not necessarily be what the client exactly want. It could be a colossal failure, but like, that's just part of the game, dude. Yeah. And it's always better. The thing with a lot of the stuff with the video that I do too, is that, that people can see stuff that I do and they're like, oh, that's, you know, that, that, that's amazing, or that's a great video. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm always like, yeah, well, you like, you have no idea how hard it was to do that. I mean, that, yeah, that, conference, yeah. that conference room had no windows, and I had one light, you know, yeah. and I had like 10 minutes to figure it all out. So there's so many things. You know, there's so many things in the stuff that I'm doing, but at the same time, I mean, I feel like I, I've kind of shoehorned myself into that niche where, um, you know, it's good enough. And I think it's, you know, when when you finally have a client that's like, you know, I want good, I don't want good enough. Yeah. Man, that's like, it's an overwhelming amount amount of pressure, but... You'll, yeah. No, I feel you, man. That's, uh, I don't know. But I mean, I, I guess I'm sure you've had experiences like this before. Like it, I feel like it just, it kind of, 
I, I think earlier in my career, I was always afraid of losing my job because I've always yeah. worked in startups and there's not a lot of runway. So I'm always kind of like, I was always worried I was going to lose my job. One time I did lose yeah. my job, but it was, it was all, I was always feeling like, oh, I'm about to disappoint someone. Oh, I can't do this. And then it just, I think about it three weeks later and I would think, oh, I'm just, I'm on the other side now. Whatever happened, happened. It's over. It either got finished or it didn't but it wasn't as big of a deal as it was in the moment, you know? And now I'm, now I also realize, yeah, sometimes you do get fired. Sometimes a client does get mad. Sometimes like, you know, the walls do fall down, but you just kind of end up on the other side and you figure it out. Yeah. It it always does seem to work out. Um, You know, I, I think, like to your point, when you have when you are employed by somebody else, you have a job. The fear is that you'll lose your job. Um, right. I have a weird fear right now. Like I can just I could just I could just call this client tomorrow and say like I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I could fire. I can actually fire my client, which is uh, which I'm not going to do. But right. It's it's not even on my radar right now that that's an option. So the so so the pressure and the stress that I'm feeling right now um, is totally new to me. Well, I still into- I still feel like I so so the difference is like you know when you have a job and you feel like there's no way out, you know that well there is a way out. They could fire you and then you're out. Yes. I actually feel right now that there's no way out. <laughs> Other like, than you know, like I actually feel like I can't even fire them, so I'm I'm just sort of in it, and uh, it's just you know it's a new feeling. It's uncomfortable, and and uh, you know I've I've had to you know I, I've had to throw sandbags over the side to lighten the load to make it. Just I've yeah. had to. I've had to I've had to cut back on stuff and comedy is one of those things too that I really really feel I f- really feel bad right now. Like I, I was always a kid that that uh, even if I was sick and I called in, you know, or when I was a kid, if I called in, if I had a sick day, either at school or when I had a job, and and I was legit sick, I wasn't just making it up. I right. still feel I still felt guilty uh and i feel that right now about comedy like you know not i mean i was going to i mean as recently as three months ago i was going to you know four or five mics a week and um to not be able to do that right now is just feels miserable and i feel like i'm not supporting the the community and i feel like i'm not you know other comedians are like where is he and and you know, did he quit and stuff like, and it's, it, it's a horrible feeling. Who do you feel guilty? Who do you feel guilty to? Who do you think, do you think people are, so you think people are, that's interesting. Cause I've had the same thing. You think people have these expectations of you. You think people are wondering where you are or saying that you quit and they probably, they probably what what is it? What do you miss about? Do you is do you feel guilty or do you miss actually doing comedy? Which which more? I, probably, I, 
That's a really tough question. And that's a legit question too, because I mean that that probably gets to the core of, you know, why you're why you're doing it in the first place. I mean, I. I or do you feel just, like you're falling behind? Do you feel like you're not? You, well, you're it, a little bit of that too. I would say yeah. definitely a little bit of that. Um, you know, I you know I went up. I took two weeks off. And I went up about a week ago. Uh, I had a really good set, got a really got a lot of really good feedback, and then Friday had a really bad set. And then it it just it, it's interesting how like that that five ten minutes can can have a huge effect on how you you know approach approach the art. And what failure or success? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it was like, you know, I took a couple weeks off, you know, because I'm slammed with work and I still I almost canceled. But I had this one commitment and I did it and it went really well. And then I was like, all right, I can like this is great, a great feeling. And and, you know, I haven't lost it completely. And then like four days, three, four days later, do the exact same set and and it didn't go well. And then you're like, ah, then fuck it then. I mean, it's, I mean, just huge, huge effects. And then then it makes you feel like, well, I just haven't been doing it enough. You know, I haven't been working hard enough. And 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 yeah, I think falling behind is definitely, you know, it's like a, a baseball player in the off season or something. You're like, man, if I if I don't keep up with this, then I might as well just quit. Yeah, you feel that constant pressure of, uh, yeah, and I, I mean, I've been in the same boat too, where I, uh, I felt that as well. I, and I'm pulling these multiple choice answers from things I've experienced too, um, in the exact example, stand up comedy. Uh, and I didn't do it for, I took a little bit of time off and then I never, I never went back to it. Cause it, it actually, in my case, I had that guilt too. If I took more than, if I took a week off, I really felt bad, man. I felt like, yeah, I mean, we did comedy together in Cincinnati for a long time. I felt bad. If I wasn't out at a mic, like in over a week, I, I felt really, I felt guilty. I felt like I was... Yeah falling behind like like I wasn't trying I felt like I was already behind I was and I and I was wasting time if I took a week off so but then I I didn't so I didn't do it for and I got really confused because I didn't then I didn't do it for a while I think I took like a week or so off like I went to Peru and then I came back and I was like I realized after a while I didn't like I didn't like doing stand-up comedy man like, it was very bizarre. It was a realization that I, I, it, I don't know how I didn't notice it, but I don't, it's not what I like doing. Like, I've tried doing other things now that I actually do like doing, but I had this, it was very strange. So I had this guilt attached to it. And once I let it go, I, I realized like, oh, I don't even like, so for me, it was a combination of like feeling guilty because I felt like. I hadn't done comedy for so long. When I was growing up, I never started. Like I started late, and then once I started, I was like, "Well, I got to do it all the time." I got so, I got so caught up in the fact that I thought I was behind 
that I didn't even take a second to ask myself, like, do you even enjoy this? But it's obviously you enjoy it, right? I do. But I mean, that, but, but your last little part there, I mean, that's a legit, uh, you know, concern. I mean, especially for somebody like me that started so late, you, uh, you know, you do it, it goes, you know, sort of well. Then you kind of mm-hmm. keep, you know, that, that first year, you're just trying to build some sort of sense of, you know, that, that a, a good five minutes, you know, I mean, is this really, can I, can yeah. I actually pull this off without, you know, without my friends and coworkers coming to cheer me on? Right. Um, and then I feel like the second year, you actually start getting a little bit better. Um, and the, but you, then the, your friends and family and coworkers stop coming. So now you're kind yeah. of off. Now you're on your own. It's just kind of you and the and the other comics. Um, but they don't know you well enough to give you. Uh, no one's really giving. The second year, I think, is the hardest because you're not getting. You think you're getting better, but you're not getting any feedback either way. And you haven't hosted yet on a weekend, so you don't. You don't know. Uh, and then you How host do you on. Feel? A, yeah, yeah, go on. And then you host on a weekend, you, you know, you do a couple weekends at the club and then you have actual strangers um, coming up to you after the show and saying you were funny. So you're like, all right, well, now I'm going to accept that as being the truth. And uh, uh, so then so now you know that you're getting better. Uh, and then if you, and then that creative, you know, if you're a musician or artist or anything like, then it really starts setting in and you're like, all right, I'm a tiny, tiny bit good at this and, but I want to be amazing. And then the, the pressure that you start putting on yourself, you know, it's just, you know, it can be crushing at times. Yeah, I think. Ew, man, you're afraid of stepping backward, you know? You're afraid of that, like, oh, I've gotten worse, you know? So you maybe you take less risks because you know what works and you like the validation you're getting from people you don't know. So you're like, oh, this is good, this is working. Um, and you're afraid of, you, you, you kind of have that, like, you. I mean, you, you host a, a comedy club, which is a big thing, so... You now have that pressure of like being a person that hosts at that comedy club versus someone who doesn't host or doesn't have anything, has no reputation, has that complete freedom. Yeah. It doesn't have any of that pressure of like, oh, I need to make sure I'm getting weekends at the club. I need to make sure I'm doing the right thing and not regressing as a comic. So, yeah, you're right. But I think what you need to do is just understand like, I, I'm just doing me. If you get those weekends at the club, if you continue to get them, great. But if you don't, uh, don't let it affect you. It doesn't mean you're getting worse or anything. And I, this goes for anything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm. I'm just kind of feeling that right now. You know, across the board, that I. You know, I. I would relate. You know, my my. The quality of my video right now that I get paid to do and paid pretty well, but it's like, it's not like, I think the quality has been at a, 
they were a little stagnant for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, to be, to be, you know, to have it, to have it an opportunity right now to up, you know, to up that is, uh, and also it's a volume thing too. I mean, I, you know, like, like I said, I mean, it's like getting, you know, whatever you used to do on, I mean, you know, as, as far as comedy and then getting like a TV show and be like, oh shit, how am I going to, like, how can I, how can I physically get all this done? Like, it's not, the, the project I have right now isn't so much about the quality as it is just the quantity. And it's, I'm just overwhelmed by the amount that I committed to and, and didn't really think about. Well, this is, I mean, it's a normal, it's a normal problem, man. You, people bite off more than they can chew. It happens you know what I mean? It, it happens, and I mean developers too, right? I mean, you guys get into always. projects that you're like, Jesus, I'm like, yep. I'm gonna Every be, I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna be programming 24 hours a day for the next month, and I, and I, there's still no like humanly way to get it done. Yeah, and that's that's actually funny you bring that up because we like last week I worked from home. They let the, all the developers work from home last week, and they let us like order food to make sure we didn't leave our apartments and just continued working. <laughs> Yeah. all the time but dude yeah. we didn't we and this is a good example we didn't get it all done there was no way we were going to get it all done but i've worked in you know what i mean i've worked long enough to know that like sometimes you don't get it all done you do your yeah. best you, you do right by people but sometimes and then nothing happened then nothing bad happens <laughs> yeah no seriously yeah. dude we we didn't we didn't we didn't make it. I could lose. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll get fired this week. I don't know, man. But yeah. we didn't make it. And I went to work today and life was life was fine. And sometimes life isn't fine. But like, I'm telling you, there was a lot of pressure. It, we didn't, it didn't happen. But say la vie. Yeah. Yeah. No one's dead. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy time. But, uh, you know, you just... Still trying to figure it out. So it's kind of a, you know, it was a rough, uh, you know, it was a rough spring, you know, moving in here was it moving was a huge pain in the ass. And then I, I felt like I got in here and then everything, everything got like super quiet. And then explain, wait, explain. So you moved, what did you moved into a new home yeah so i i sold my i sold my house and then i moved into a condo um the condo is actually larger than my house but um and then you know it was kind of it was a string of events that happened after after my mom passed away last year you know and i sort of like cleaned out my childhood home sold her house um and then you know i just was kind of ready to to get i'd been in my house for 15 years and uh, I was just ready to, to to get the hell out. So, so I bought a condo, and and uh, you know that was the other thing too. I moved about twenty twenty five minutes north of uh, where I used to live. So basically twenty five minutes farther away from you know from the comedy club and all my friends and every 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 you know the whole place I'd been hanging out. For the past so three years. Why did you why did you do this exactly? I'm confused as to 
um so your your mother died and then what what inspired you to leave your home and go to the condo what like what were you and especially going to a condo that's further away from your community yeah, well, a couple of reasons. I mean, she 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 was a hoarder, and so there was a really it was very traumatic to like clean out clean out the house, her mm-hmm. house. You know, that was just full of trash and junk and everything. And then then it made me start looking up a little closer at my house, and I'm like, oh man, this is like, you know, I'm turning into that. So uh, okay. and it was yeah, it was an older house. It was very small. I mean, I you know, I just and also being self employed, like. I'm at home a lot of the time. And so I was, I was, you know, basically sleeting, you know, sleeping, eating and, and editing video in like two very small rooms in a very old, small house. And I was just, I was done with it. I was done with cutting the grass and, and worrying about the roof, you know, the new roof that I would need and stuff like that. And, uh, so, uh, and, and a realtor came by and, and, you know, she's like me, she's, you know, cut your losses and get out. And, uh, so that's what I did. So I moved to a condo, a huge condo that's very big and comfortable. It's a little farther away. Uh, but, uh, but the truth is I'm at home a lot working and, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted a, a newer, bigger, more comfortable place to, to work in. And, uh, okay. so that was, I mean, that's the gist of it really. I mean, it's, uh, certainly didn't move here for social purposes, but I've never, I've never lived in a place, you know, to, to, for the, so you know, for, for the nightlife or anything like that. So, Okay. So how has moving away from, I mean, you're in the, your friends are comedians, right? The, I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of like most of your social group, right? Uh, it has been for the, yeah, for the past couple of years. I mean, you know, my, because uh, when I got, you know, when I left my last job, those were my friends. And, and, you know, unfortunately they live in Dayton and the West side of Cincinnati. So uh, they were never, we only saw each other at work. So when I left that job, I lost those friends basically. And then I made new friends in comedy and I moved away from them, you know, three months ago. And so I'm feeling it a little bit. Yeah, I do think, I think that's uh from, I mean, I'm 29, but I like a serious lesson I've learned is uh, like life is about community. I think fulfillment uh, comes from connecting with other people and especially a lot of other people. Um, and how, I mean, I'm an introvert, you're an introvert, but like that is, and I saw that within that comedy community that we were both in, uh, that it was powerful and those in people, it's a really interesting thing because, people really feel at home in it it's it really you can tell people really connect to it like it's a family and i think it's it's interesting i think a lot of and i and i see this i'm gonna be honest with you man i think a lot of them and and even like yourself in a lot of way like anyone in that community uh is definitely susceptible to stifling their career uh because of that amazing community you know what i'm saying 
Meaning like they're afraid to leave it to pursue. Yeah, because it's a good yeah. thing. So it's kind of weird because yeah. it's like you have these aspirations of, you know, doing something, well, let's say a TV show, right? Um, or being a touring comedian or something like that and getting an agent. But those things you need to leave Cincinnati. So I, I think there's a lot of talent there, but I think... And I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm saying it's ultimately, I think it's a good thing because a lot of times those dreams will betray you, you know what I mean, if you're trying to get a TV show. But one thing that is true is having a community and friends that love you and you feel like you can walk into whatever bars having an open mic and feel like you're at home. That's yeah. pretty valuable too, you know? Yeah, and I really, you know, I was really starting to feel that. And then I, then I feel like I moved away. I moved away, which I didn't move that far away, but I, I moved away and I got just slammed with work at the same time. And, and, uh, again, it's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm self-employed. I can't, I'm not going to turn down work at least not, not at this point. And so it just caught up with me. And then I just feel like all of a sudden, like, you know, a month went by and I hadn't really le left my condo. I'd just been working the whole time. And well, okay, let me tell you, man. Work, work will be there, and I'm the same. Yeah. I'm the same as you. You have that anxiety of like, well, if I turn down this job, then I will. There won't be another one. I got to take every job that I get because you never know. You know, you got to make hay while the sun shines. Work's always gonna be there, man. If you do yeah. like you, you're good at what you do. Um, turn something down. Even if it's a good, yeah. if you don't, if you don't like, you got to be fulfilled, man. You got to do comedy. You got to do the things you love to do. Um, and I, I'm the same, dude. I'm a money, I'm a money guy. Cause it's not even like a money thing. It's the security thing. Um, yeah. it's gonna, it'll be there, man. It will. Yeah. Yeah. So take care of yourself, dude. Yeah. I have, okay. I have an example of that sort of situation where I didn't take care of myself because I was so worried about money. Um, the first time I lived in Los Angeles, I lived in a two bedroom apartment with like five other, five roommates and then transient people coming in. Okay. It was terrible. It was a terrible situation, but I was paying 350 a month in rent. So it was cheap. So my thought was, oh, I'll just pay, like I can do this. This is fine. I'll just pay $350 a month and live under a dining room table. And then, yeah. and then I left and I moved to Pasadena into my, my own space. And it was so evident to me that like money doesn't matter. Money doesn't matter. I was losing my fucking mind. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was going crazy. And I, I realized, oh, you know what? Money, money is made so you don't put yourself in these circumstances, you know? Yeah. It is weird. I mean, it's a weird you know, it doesn't really, I, you know, turning 50 doesn't, wasn't that big a deal. It was a little, I mean, it's a little rough, you know, cause, it, cause, uh, on, on my birthday a week ago, I had to go to, uh, I had to go up to Dayton, Ohio and go to court. The final, final court hearing on my mother's insolvent estate. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so it was like, of you know, I didn't pick the day. I mean, they, they, they pick it, but still I was, you know, it was my, 
it was my birthday. So it was, you know, my birthday, I'm thinking about my mom, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough. Uh, and, and when we got done with the court hearing, uh, you know, the remaining money, not much, but the remaining money that was in her account, um, you know, the judge ordered it to me and he said, this is your mom's final birthday present to you. And then I was like, man, that was the, like, I, he meant well, but it was just like, I just, so weird, it was yeah. just destroyed me. Just really? fucking destroyed me. Yeah. So then I drove like an hour home just in tears. I mean, it was just, it was just crushing to, to, you know, to, to realize that and think about that. And, uh, and, uh, I, you know, I think, I think losing, you know, losing a parent too is, is, uh, you know, for somebody like me that already has so, so much self doubt, then, then it's like when you're, when you lose a parent, then you're thinking that, man, they can see everything now, you know, like, there, there's a little bit of that, you know, where you're like, oh man, they, they, like, I actually, I actually feel like I have more to live up to now than I did when she was alive. Oh, you think she's watching closely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all she has like to do. Have, is, yeah, you have a, a feeling like that, and uh, and I mean, it's you know, I, I want to honor her, and I want to, but uh, that was the roughest thing. The roughest thing about losing her was was meeting, having all the people all of her friends and all the people that knew her tell me how proud she was of me. Like that was just every time, like put me in tears every time. Well, Probably because I don't feel like, because I don't feel like I lived up to that. Oh, interesting. Right? I mean, that has you, to be, yeah. that has to be what would, what would make me feel that way. I don't know what else. I don't know, man. I think that's a very emotional thing. Dude, that's... Honestly, I think biologically, as a human being, you want to do right. You want your parents to be proud of you and be proud of what they did to raise you. So I think when anyone says something that lets you know, like, hey, your mom's your mom's gone now, but we want you to know, like, you, you made it in her eyes, which is... Yeah. I mean, that's, I don't know. Does it bum you out or does it just get you emotional? No, it just is emotional. Yeah, man. Then it's, that's what it is. It's just like, dude, you're, I mean, I've even, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard, you know, my parents, like from other people's parents talk about me and it is kind of interesting. It's like, oh, you know what they are? Cause I, you know, I feel like a fuck up. I don't feel like I'm living up to what they wanted but sometimes i do hear that they're proud of me and it's dude i get i get emotional it's because it's it's fulfilling so i think you should be be happy about that dude yeah i am it's you know it's it's tough but yeah how's it how has it been how's it been since uh since then I, it's been fine. And the thing is like, also like getting older, I think you, um, you know, I think losing my mom, I mean, like my own or my sense of my own mortality is, is a lot mm. more evident now. And I feel like I'm in, I'm, I'm, you know, relatively healthy. 
I know a lot of 50-year-old men are not nearly as healthy as I am, but I mean, it's right. like, I, but, but I'm also not, I don't feel like I'm super healthy. And, and you start thinking about that stuff, you know? I mean, she died in her sleep. So you, you don't, you know, every night that I go to sleep now, I think about that. And that stuff you don't really, like when you're 25, you don't really, you don't go to sleep at night and think about waking up the next morning. So well, what scares you? What scares you about the idea of you not waking up? What scares you about death? I guess nothing in particular. I mean, I, I just. Or no. does it scare? Is it, is it just kind of, you're now aware? Is, is it just, uh, that it's you're more, aware? I'm aware of it. Yeah. 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 You become aware that, you know, I think when you're 25, you don't, you don't think about death now. So, uh, you know, I'm at the age now where, where, you know, I, I have friends that have died and, you know, my mother died a year ago and, and, and I'm, it, it, then you start thinking about, oh man, like I used to eat a lot of fast food. Like, I wonder what that did to my body. You know, you start thinking yeah. like more like, like what's going on inside of me that's like just about to, to, to get me. And I would have no idea. Yeah. You start, it's dude, you know, you're, you're like me, man. You have, you just have pair like worry you like a lot dread. of anxiety yeah. yeah yeah dude but all right you know what man i'm gonna order a book for you i bought a ton of these books i already gave them all away i probably talked about it with you before but how to stop worrying and start living yeah. it's a it's a very good book to read if you deal with uh if you have a hard time being present in the moment and you think too far into the future well this is the thing though like i used to always be like that Right. Always. And it and it stopped literally the day I got the day I got fired like three years ago. And I started working for myself the next morning. It all went away. And then it just came back like two months ago. Like out of I have no idea why. I have no idea where it came from. But. I have it just all of a sudden it was like, why? Like. All of a sudden, I'm 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 stressed and I'm worrying about things and I'm and I feel like I'm I'm way over my head and like I haven't felt that for years and it just came back like out of the blue it just showed up again. Yeah, no yeah, explanation. But, but keep in mind, like you said, you've been here before, you know, and the worst, the thing you were afraid of, it happened. You know, and you didn't die. You know, was it even was it even that bad when you got fired? Yeah. Was it bad? No, it was the best day of my life. There you go, man. So yeah. what a like, you know, I mean, obviously on paper, we can find a million reasons why it would suck if you blew this job or whatever. But it's going to. You know, really, in, in, in this book, one of the concepts, uh, and actually Ari Shafir talks about this a lot. Um, but, dude, think about think about this situation. Think about the worst possible scenario. The worst way this could go, all right? And then mentally come to terms with it. 
Yeah. Like I could literally just hand them over the entire project and say, I'm done. That's it. And that's it. What happens now? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what would happen? What would like, what would, you know, like what would happen? You, you say, Hey, here's the project. Here's everything I have. Uh, but I'm finished and I don't want to do it. I'm, I'm done. I, yeah, I'd probably take about a day off and then have some more work the next day. So that's a good point. Yeah. Nothing's, yeah, dude, the stakes are never that high, man. Right, right. They get, and that's the thing that they're not, right? But they, they, they just incrementally get higher. Mm-hmm. And it's and and uh, I read I can't remember what the book is, but I saw I read an article. There's some books like the Happiness Curve or something like that, where a guy did a study and found out that that um, don't know how accurate it is, but his claim was that people people are actually at, at the unhappiest between like 35 and 45 because that mm-hmm. was the time that they actually they had stuff. Right. You know, they actually had like were accumulating wealth or whatever. They had, you know, kids in college. They had, they had stuff, but they also had like an overwhelming amount of responsibility and debt. Uh, and then and then it yep. came back up again, like because you didn't have that at 25. But then again, like at around 50 or so. Then, like, the kids graduated college. They didn't have, you know, all that stuff to, to you know, they were gone out of the house. They were kind of empty nesters a little bit. And then they started getting happy again because they had, like, you know, a little bit of freedom and some time to. So, I don't know. I, I'm just in a little no, bit of a. No, that's it. It's I'm the. In a, uh, little, a little dip right. A little dip right now where I've just got too much. That's what it is. It's it's the pressure. What you just described is like at thirty five, forty five, you start accumulating things in your life that have expectations. Your children, your wife, your boss. You know. So once that, and then once you have your children, your children are raised. They're doing their thing, um, and you're retired. You have less masters. You have less people expecting things from you, and you can kind of be a little more leisurely. Yeah. Okay, I have a thought. Yeah. Because that, that makes me think of this. Like, I live merely, man. I, I mean, not like, I don't live like yeah. a pauper. I've been to I your like, place. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's imagine that place now, but in L.A., so. In L.A. <laughs> and uh, so it's, I'm just, I, I put myself in a position where, my my ball like what i my expenses every month are low and i have a ton of savings so what that does for me is it relieves me of that pressure cuz i don't care yeah. i don't care about shit i don't care about like kayaks and snowboards and like cool jackets like i don't want any of that all i want is to like not be worried if i lose my job yeah this place actually, you know, it's it's funny you mention that too because this, the place I live now is actually twenty dollars a month less than what I was paying at my old old place, and I I built up a lot of equity 
and I was able to move that over here. So, I mean, you know, re- regardless of financially how you look at that, I um, my monthly expenses here aren't any more than they were when I was at my shitty little house. Uh, exactly. And I think, you know, when I moved in here, I thought that the freedom that I would get from not having to cut the grass and not having to worry about stuff uh, and having a big, nice new condo that's huge. I, 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 I realize now that I think that that was going to make me even happier, you know, and somehow it, somehow it did the reverse and I wasn't even that unhappy before. But somehow I went from being not unhappy in a in a shitty old house to moving into a nice new condo, hmm. you know, and, and being unhappy. And I don't know if it has to do with the work or, you know, you know, it was the first Mother's Day without my mom. I don't know. I'm like I've I've tried so hard to try to pinpoint when, like, when the fuck did this happen? Because I don't, like, within like two months, I was like just overwhelmed and stressed out and unhappy. Well, what date correlates more with it? The the getting the pressure of this job and like you getting this job or the moving into the new place? It all happened at the same time. So it's very confusing to me right now. I'm, you know, trying, I mean, literally in, in like, you know, in the matter of like a month or two, all that happened. So like first mother's day without my mom, year anniversary of her death, you know, um, you know, my 50th birthday, getting this huge job. I mean, it just, it's like, it's all been in like the same two month period. Um, and two months seems like a long time, but it's, it's, it's been a complete blur. Yeah. So I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I mean, I, I don't, what I don't want to do is, is, is think that once I get through this big job that everything will be okay. Cause I don't think that's, I don't think, I think there's something else, but well, that's your, I mean, that's your test then, right? Once, uh, yeah. you know, mid-August comes around, you can really start seeing how you feel. Definitely get out and go um, do do a lot of comedy and, you know, really adjust your life back to the way it was and then really assess it. I have a, I have a feeling it's it's doesn't have anything to do with where you're living unless that has something to do with why you, you know, wouldn't start doing comedy again. You know what I mean? If you're like, well, I'm kind of far out. So that's my thought. Yeah. I know you can figure it out. Don't know. I don't know. It'll, uh, I'm not going to quit though. I always threaten to quit, but I'm not going to quit. Yeah. Don't quit, man. Wait, quit the job or quit comedy? Comedy. I'm not going to quit comedy. I hosted two. I, no, I'm not going to quit. Comedy. Okay. I uh, it was like three weeks ago, something like that. I hosted for, I hosted for Joe Zimmerman, and he's one of my favorite comics. And it was so funny because I like I had a Pandora station, a Joe Zimmerman Pandora station, 
And I'm not kidding you. Like the weekend, I like the Monday after I hosted for Joe. Um, Joe, he like he stopped showing up on his on my Joe Zimmerman Pandora station. Like I really thought he blocked me or something. I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, like I, it made me so paranoid. Like he just vanished. So Joe Zimmerman vanished from my Joe Zimmerman Pandora station, and I thought it was my fault. <laughs> what? <laughs> what you you thought he blocked you on Pandora? Yeah, I don't even think they can do that. But I no, I was like, sure Jesus, did I not like do a good job posting? Because it literally it was like the Monday after. Oh my gosh! So you're just super insecure. <laughs> you're super in your own head. Oh, absolutely. Let me tell you. Let me tell you as a software web person. Uh, I know they, a lot they can't about. Can't do that, right? I they. I mean, you know what, man? They could. They could totally. <laughs> they could totally do that. But the I amount. The amount of work it would take for someone to go in and block a specific user from a certain artist is. <laughs> It is something that I'm sure it's not a feature, and it would take. It, it would. It. It did not happen. That's what I'm trying to say. I believe you. It was you're, just. Funny and you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. You're doing. I mean, so you're host, and and you know that's that's cool that you're even in this time. You're still like getting work. Yeah, it was good. It was a good week. It was my fifth time hosting there, and um, damn. It was, uh, Congrats, it was a man. big, it was a big weekend. So I got to not quit. That's what I have to do. Not quit. Dude, exactly, man. You need to, and like focus on the positive shit, dude. Like that's it. Like you just told me something positive three weeks ago. You hosted for one of your favorite comedians three weeks ago, yeah. man. So positive shit's happening. Think about that. They called yeah. you to work. So Focus on it. I will do that. Is your um is your funniest person in Cincinnati uh date coming up? That is oh yeah, it is. When is that? July eleventh. July eleventh. Yeah, not a week from Wednesday. Wow, that is coming up. I need to I need to figure out what I'm gonna do for that. Yeah, get your set ready, man. It, it's never lost on me that at the end of a weekend, how how sick and tired you are of your jokes. You have yourself. I mean, just like six six shows. You know, same thing. Six. I mean, I I don't know how these guys go on the road and do it. You oh, know, they Can hate you imagine? Themselves. Yeah, I'm just like man. Like, oh, me again? Another night of me? Jeez. <laughs> All right, well, you got uh, you got anything to plug, man? I have, I don't have anything to plug. I'm doing the, you know, the funniest in contests, and then that's it for a while. What's your... I guess, uh, uh, I, I guess, I guess I'll do Brouhaha. That'll be the end of August. 
Yeah, go to Cincinnati Brouhaha. I should go to Cincinnati Brouhaha. That'd be fun. Are you are you coming back anytime soon to visit? Um, no, I don't know. Like I hadn't planned on it, but yeah. I might. I don't know. That'd be kind of fun. Come back in August, so I might. It's a pretty. It's a pretty cool weekend. Yeah, maybe you might start- give me a spot. I'll do stand up. You should do stand up. You should try it at least once. Yeah, if I come back, if I come back, I'll definitely send Mikey an email. Are you growing your hair long again, or are you still short? Still short. Oh, man. I thought you would move back to California, and it's like when you have long hair, you look like you should be in California. And when you have short hair, you look like you should be in a James Bond movie. No, you said said I look like I should be in Fallujah. I never said that. You didn't? No, I think that was Muhammad. Oh, I thought that was you. I uh, no. yeah, I look like everyone. Whenever I get a short haircut, people are like thank me for my service all the time. Um, <laughs> but no, I do own a surfboard though. I have never. My old boss gave it to me, but I still have never ridden it. So. Oh man, you're totally gonna get eaten by a shark. I hope so, man. Dude, that that Pacific Ocean. Just horror films. Dude, I'm down. I ain't scared they're of nothing, getting, man. They're getting great whites on the East Coast, though, now, too, which is pretty cool. See them take off a leg or two every now and then. Yeah. See, I'm trying to be more positive. That's what yeah. you wanted, right? Yeah, man. No, you're just... That's, <laughs> sharks, are, <laughs> sharks are a healthy fear, dude. All right, man. Well, that this is your time. Plug whatever you want to plug. Otherwise, we're done here. No, I'm uh, I'm in it for the long haul. That's all I have to say. Cool. All right. Say goodbye to everyone. Goodbye to everyone. All right. Peace, holder. Take it easy. All right. See ya.